Hello, listeners of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here to tell you about DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, instant cash, instant gratification. At DraftKings, it's like a brand new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Prizes being awarded this season. Use the promo code RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com, that's DraftKings.com. Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Uh, good evening. Afternoon. More depending on you know when you listen to this thing about podcasts. Whatever when you listen to whatever it is, that's what this is. Good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. But anyway, uh, this is another edition of uh, Bill Roden on sports, and as it's always, Bill Roden and friends on sports. Because so far in our little short history there, everybody's come into the show has been a long time friend. Uh, of course, we have our sports guy over here, Jamal Jamal Murphy, the sports guy. Good to be here, of course. And uh, Brian, our wine guy. Thrilled to be here, Bill. Thrilled. <laughs> and um, really, you know, I, I, I use, uh, I, actually, I don't use this term a lot. People are so oh, I'm honored. I, I don't use that a lot because there's not that many people. But I really must say that I'm, I'm quite uh, thrilled and quite honored that mm-hmm. was my guest, uh, Michelle Roberts, who is the, um, the uh, executive director of the National Basketball Association Players Association. She's the ED. So it's really my honor and pleasure to welcome uh, Michelle to so welcome. Well, thank you. And I, I am thrilled and honored to be here as well. All right. Well, that's, that's <laughs> so we all agree. And uh, 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 her, her Tara is over here. You get no mic time, Tara, <laughs> but she's here. And, and of course, Danielle is here it's, uh, keeping everything in order, but they get no mic time. It's good. And then, of course, we have Seth Nyman, the uh, Steph Curry of the of the control room <laughs> keeps everything in order. Well, so anyway, but uh, it's really it's really it's really great. It's kind of uh, sort of jump into there's, there's there's so much stuff to um, to discuss. Sometimes as as long as I've been doing interviews, mm. I've been at the time what 32 years or something. I've been doing inter- more than like the Baltimore. But when I get in front of somebody who I've always wanted to talk to, sometimes I'm like, damn, where do I start? You know, what's <laughs> you know, uh, particularly somebody. Who, so. Let's 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 start from the top. Um, okay, we're coming up on your anniversary of becoming the executive director, July two fourteen, right? That's correct. So tell me, I mean, you know, you're gonna have your the meetings in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So happy anniversary! But what's it what's it what's it been like? What's what's the year been like? Uh, hectic, right? Um, wonderfully spontaneous um, I couldn't write a script mm. I couldn't have predicted that there would be so much to do and that there would be so much new to do every week um, it's been it's been challenging mm-hmm. it's also been a lot of fun mm. um, I, I work for some of the greatest human beings on the planet um, their energy is, is is wonderful their support's great and they are they are loving their union in a way that they have the right to love their union again 
Um, mm. You know, I'm trying to win back the credibility that that was lost by my predecessor, and it's been you know it's it's been a process, but I I have not yet gone to bed thinking, boy, did you blow it? Did you make a mistake doing this? I couldn't be happier. How they they fell out loud. That's that this is that wasn't on the script, but it's an interesting point because obviously, you know, I, I knew you know Billy Hunter, I knew his predecessor, I you know, I, mm. and that just in a business sense, I've been following this stuff for a long time. Sure. And um, I, I wonder, and as I see this stuff, I've seen there could be a temptation to get seduced by this, seduced mm -hmm. by the power of it, seduced by the affiliations, just seduced. Uh, and you're 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 new in this, but you but you've also had a very long career. Mm -hmm. uh, in corporate America yeah. and trials. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts about not getting seduced? Um, I mean, can you see why somebody could get seduced by this, by being around the players, the commissioners, this, the travel, this, that? You know, I, I, suppose, I suppose, sure. But for me, as long as you maintain and understand that you work for the players, if you, if, you, if you deviate from that sort of basic principle, then sure, you can become seduced and think that you're more important than, than the mission. Um, I'd never, as a lawyer, been confused about who I work for, right? Mm. And so uh, my clients were always the, 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 the answer to the question, and the players are going to be the answer to the question. So, again, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, and I don't want to be critical of anybody and what may have happened to them. But for me, I don't, I don't worry about or fear that that might happen to me. Because I know, again, I know who I work for. I know who this is all about. It's not all about me. In fact, it's almost, I'm almost irrelevant. I'm only mm -hmm. there to facilitate. So, I think we're going to be fine, in, at least in that regard. Mm. So let's let's do some statistics first. What I did not mention to those people that know is that you are also the first uh, woman to be the ED executive director of a <laughs> major sports franchise. Major League Baseball hasn't done it. Uh, Major League Football. I mean, National Football League hasn't done it. Right. Hockey hasn't done it. Right. What? What is? And and she's a sister. You know, she's a <laughs> black woman, which is critical. Uh, it really is. I'm telling you. But what does that mean? In other words, I think sometimes a lot of our young people, particularly, are anesthetized to first because you know, oh, we got a black president. I mean, you, it, it, you know. But what is it in real terms? Because I know it means a lot to your mother. You know, what, it, is, what does it mean? It means a lot to a lot of people because it is a first. And, you know, I, I will say that obviously I was aware of it, but it was not something that I spent a lot of time thinking was going to be too terribly significant, at least as far as I'm concerned and what I have to do. Um, I think what it means, what I believe it means, is that uh, despite the fact that, that we have a ways to go, that at least with respect to the members, the members of my union, um, being a woman, being African-American are not disadvantages. Right. Um, the, the, to the extent I thought about it, that thought about my being a woman would be of some significance. It was only when I feared that there might be pushback um, with respect to my even being considered seriously by the guys. And once they made clear that that was not going to be an issue for them, I thought we were going to sort of move on. It's the rest of the world that hasn't moved on. <laughs> right. The guys have moved on. Right, I mean, they, they, right. they are, I am the executive director that happens to be a woman, that happens to be black. But, you know, many other people start the sentence by saying, Michelle Roberts, first woman, yada, yada, yada. So that's, I'm not complaining. Obviously, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of it. But, you know, okay, but now, now i got to be the best executive director. Well, right? uh, yeah, quick, quickly. Right. You know, that's quickly. Right. Uh, or be the, or you'll be the last. Oh, or be the, <laughs> the last. That's right. That's but right. but when, when did you know, because uh, I was thinking, 
I don't know how much of a stereotype it is, but a lot of a lot of the guys in the NBA mm-hmm. um, have, you know, were raised by, you know, single mothers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who are African American. Sure. I'm wondering. I mean, does that accrue to, to the extent that we're talking about advantages and disadvantages? That, mm-hmm. Do you think that at some point, that either accrues to your advantage or it wasn't so foreign? That it was out of the realm of even consideration. I think. I think to those to the extent players were raised by single black women who presumably were very strong women, mm. then they come to the table understanding that black women can be strong and can can affect lives, mm-hmm. and so seeing me was okay. I know. I know she can do it because I know what my mama did. Saving my 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 life, sure. um, so I, I guess it was. There's a credit a credibility that comes with being a black woman in, in the eyes of some folks like that. Um, I think with the rest of the players, that it, it, again generationally we are at a different place where that people are not tripping on the fact that you're different. We all sort of get it that we're all different. Um, so I, I I don't I certainly don't think it's a disadvantage, and I'd love to think it's a, it's an advantage. Yeah. What what uh, for for a minute? Uh, let's talk basketball just for a second. Okay, you know this is uh, <laughs> yeah we're, we're coming off the uh, what what t- today is the well by the time people hear this we're in the middle of free agency. Yes, indeed. Uh, what does this mean? For, I mean, I know what it means for Knicks fans. It's like <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing good. Yeah, just another dismal way to. Oh, <laughs> you I'm joking. Believe. I'm joking. You have to believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sports> <laughs> Huh? Port Zingas. Port Zingas. Yeah, Michelle, what do you think about that? I think he's a, he's a delightful young man, and I, I will apologize on behalf of the, the entire New York fan base for what he had to experience during the draft. He's, a, he's got a promising career. Yeah, but you know, now you know, and I hope he knows, it wasn't about him. No, of course They not. were not booing him. I, I, I meant to tell the guys, yeah. listen, man, they're not booing you. This has absolutely nothing to do with you. Right. They're born for Bill Jackson and all that. Right. But and, and get used to it. But mm-hmm. uh, but seriously, what what is your role during free agency? What sort of is the EDs what's what's your role in in this. You know, the work that we have to do, that I have to do, it pretty much predates free agency. We want to make sure that there aren't barriers to f- fair trades. And so at this juncture, we, my office gets calls just to confirm cap room and, and, and the contract, other issues. But this really is where you see the capitalism system at work to the extent it's got, it's got barriers. But the agents are working really hard. The players are trying to make some significant decisions. All of, you know, this is not something that that's not important. So it's quiet most of the time. At least it's been quiet today, with the exception of again some calls just confirming. I need to know that when they tell me that this is how much cap room they have, can you confirm who, who, that number? Who, who called you? These are agents or, or people from agents' offices. Call mm-hmm. call my staff. Not necessarily me, but mm-hmm. call the staff just to get confirmatory information. But it's really exciting. It's really exciting. We were just laughing about Anthony Davis. <laughs> I'm a, like, brother, uh, man, how, <laughs> how happy was this guy? I mean, I mean, and I guess that's what people, you know, hear these numbers, and we're going to get into that too, like the real, I mean, this, mm-hmm. this a lot of hard work goes into this. Oh, yeah. But I mean, people hear the numbers, and I feel, what, do you know what, you remember the number? 145, $145 million for five years? Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. And so, you know, now, as, as, as Craig Hodges once told some of these guys, he said, wait a minute, if they're paying him this, how much money do you think they're getting? I was just about to make that point, Bill. I mean, it's not as if the team is going to go bust because they paid Anthony that money. As you know, there is a ton of money coming into the game right now. And so $145 million, I'm not going to pretend that's not a a good payday. 
but uh, he's worth every penny of it. Well, and they wouldn't be paying him. And I, to me, it, it's, it, it's you know, if you look, the, I, we talk about the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, I don't want to lose this point, but, you know, if you watch the playoffs, the playoffs were great, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and before I get to the point about the players making the game, you, you know, don't I, I don't want to, because that's an important point. Oh, yeah. But uh, just at a basic level, how, who do you choose to cheer for? I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you got 32 teams that you can't piss off. I can't, it, no, I can't piss them off. You know, it's, I, I am, I still, I'm still a fan, but I'm a fan of the game. And so I thought it was going to be difficult to not have a favorite. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, it takes a lot of pressure off of you because I win no matter who wins. <laughs> right? uh -oh. And I love all the guys. And I, all, I love, I, I feel badly when, when the team has to lose because especially during the playoffs, we had some great basketball being played. But it, 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 does, it does make for a different perspective How when you, you can't. So who do you, I mean, seriously, Michelle, you, you have to, <laughs> it, I mean, do you do it like quarter to quarter? Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 or do you do like sports writers? We're completely mercenary. No, how, no, how do you cheer? I mean, how do you, you got to be for somebody. What I, I'm, what I am for is a good, close game. I don't like blowouts. I really okay. don't, because then I, I, that's not fun to me. But if it's nice and close, I'm, I, the tension is, is really unbelievable. I, I, and I really do have favorites on each team. I mean, I, favorite people favorite people on each team i mean the people that i know better than others i mean I, and so I, I can't wait to go into the winning locker room because you know, these guys are just so happy and i want to i want to help and, and share in the joy and i i, I want to weep when i go into the losing locker room because i love these guys too so it's so, a lot so, of fun. What, so so which do you go do you leap, do you weep first and then laugh or uh, you got to enjoy and then go yeah, and I, I actually go to the winning room winning <laughs> first did, did you have a favorite team prior to taking this position oh there's no question i was a, i was in, initially a new york fan because i was born here um, and then when the Knicks broke my heart just too many times i mm -hmm. gave up on them same here. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I became a Bullets, then Bullets fan, then Wizards fan until I got the job. Mm. Final thoughts about LeBron and, 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 and Steph Curry. They're both great men. Mm. Great, great men. Great fathers, great husbands. They are terrific members of our union. They're members of my executive committee. It was hard to see either one of them lose. But they, but they're both. I mean, LeBron doesn't lose. You don't bring a team that <laughs> to that place, and so it was. It was an all-around victory for for both those teams. Everybody should have been the MVP. What do you think? Ooh, LeBron. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, well. See, think about LeBron. He's the MVP. Period. I mean, in other words, every year, who's right. MVP? Like, okay, now he's the MVP. Now who's going to sort of be the sub MVP? Andre Iguodala, who is who was the MVP, is another member of my executive committee. He deserved it. He was he was fabulous. He had a great series, and I don't think anybody on either team would deny that. Yeah. In fact, we said in a couple of shows said he's my favorite guy. Because I, I wrote a book called Forty Million Dollar Slaves. Yeah, that's right. One, he listened one summer. It's my favorite book. Was Forty Million Dollar Slavery. <laughs> oh, that's your guy then. So, oh, he I deserves it completely. In fact, what's the brother who plays for the rookie who plays for um, Charlotte? He plays for Charlotte. He went to connect UConn. Kimball Walker. Kimball uh, Walker. Mm -hmm. So there, there was the there was the uh, when they when they won the national championship, mm -hmm. there was a big uh, scandal because they said they were asking what are the books that you read uh -oh. <laughs> during. Um, you know, during right, college. Right. And he said, the only book I read all the way through was $40 million Slate. <laughs> now, it's just so funny how in my industry, mm. they could take anything and make it horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, he didn't say this is not, this is the only book I read. He mm. said, you had the, the book that engaged me enough. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of because I graduated after my junior right. year. So clearly <laughs> I had to read a lot. But anyway, that's enough, enough self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what one of the things we talked about the, uh, yesterday when we were just talking about what we we're going to talk about mm -hmm. was the idea of of 
the attitude among, particularly when they get in these labor issues, mm. the fans invariably, the public invariably will not take the side of players because A, they feel that, what, uh, they, they, should be, they should be grateful just to be there, they should be happy to make more money. They, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I guess you should tell me about some of the realities you've seen. I mean, this is a hard... I mean, this is a hard business. This is a hard... It is run. a hard business, and, and I'm not going to blame the, the, the fans or the public for being misinformed, though they are. <laughs> um, I'm going to suggest that there's not been a counter-narrative to a narrative that has been successful for the league. I mean, if you, if you want to justify why you are going to reduce compensation, one of the ways to do that is to suggest that the people that are seeking more compensation are sufficiently compensated. Right. And so if there's no pushback, and all the, all the public hears is, you know, someone's making tens of millions of dollars a year, which is a lot of money, and they don't know how much the league is bringing right. in, then if there's no counterbalance, then I don't blame the fans for not, 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 not sympathizing with the players. That is going to change. Who do you, who do you blame for that? The, I, the fans I, not knowing what the other side is making. Well, if if I'm responsible for the counter narrative and I'm not pre I'm not presenting the counter narrative, then it's my fault. And my union, I think, I believe, has just simply been remiss in in, in counter counterbalancing that narrative. We don't intend to let that happen again. We want to make sure. And the good news, you know, the the silver lining with Sterling is that for the first time, people began to really focus mm -hmm. in on how much these teams are worth. Wow, two billion dollars, really? That's I thought right. you guys were losing money. That's right. And so the, the the chatter has already begun, and we're going to encourage people to know just how much these teams are making in terms of gate receipts are going up, revenues going up across all teams. No one is losing any money. In fact, people are making billions of dollars. So I, I don't. I'm not going to yell at the fans. I'm going to inform the fans. Well, you know, uh, but, I, but again, it's controlling the, merit, the, the narrative because mm -hmm. when you talk about the sports media and, you know, I'm a part of it, we basically invent this narrative and the narrative, frankly, and, and it's, it's racist to an extent that the media is largely controlled by, by white people, not even largely. I mean, they're like no black folks in, at the New York Times, for example, besides mm -hmm. me. You know, and, and that's, you know, all you got to do is, but the narrative is that these guys, called these black guys, kind of the hint, should be really, really happy, no matter how much the owners are making. Hmm. They should really be happy with, with the kind of money they're making. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I, here I am, new, and I, I don't want to start out by calling people racist, so I'm not going to do that. Okay, good. But what that's, I, my, that's my job. Okay. <laughs> but what I will do is say, if I continue to inform and my story, our story, is not being told, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want explanations for why that's not happening. Right now, I'm going to allow that there were some... There was not, not a sufficient effort to get the, the players' voices heard, and we are spending a lot of time. Tara, Tara who's with me, is 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 my champion in that Tara. regard. Um, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that 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 the public understands that that sure, there's a lot of money being made, but it ain't all being made by the players. Right, and and, and they deserve. And I think the the thing is, you know, people. Do, this is not an easy business. It, no. it, it's, it's a glamorous business. But it's not an easy business. I mean, the the, the eighty-two game schedule, the oh, grind, the the back to. Back. I mean, it's it's not. Again, you're you're right. It is a, a glamorous business, but it's not an easy. It's no. not an easy business. It's to got get to this point. No, right. not even, even to get here is is is, is remarkable. No, and, and 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 again, 
I think I think I think most fans appreciate that the game is not simply you get up, you go to the gym, you play, you go home, and you you make a million dollars. But to the extent many pe- there are people that don't understand that, that that these guys work incredibly hard. They're separated from their families. They have grueling traveling schedules, and their bodies, their physical bodies, are are challenged in ways we couldn't even begin to imagine. Mm-hmm. And they can only do it for a limited period of time. Right. Well, so, that's the thing. Yeah, right. and so I, I think people just need to understand that. Do you think that? Some of that animosity is because the, the fans can identify with the players easier than they can with an owner. Well, we all can pick up a basketball and play, but we can't play owner. I guess that's right because I mean the one thing I've noticed is th- that these same fans who are fans of, of, of musicians and and vocal and artists they don't they don't complain about the millions and millions of dollars they make. They do view them as having a unique talent that presumably should be should be heavily compensated, but they somehow think that they could they could actually go one on one with Kobe, right? right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> which right, right. which is which is nonsense. And so, <laughs> right. once we once we allow right. them to, to to again just understand that this is this these are unbelievably highly skilled athletes. Not anybody can go and play this game. The game is absolutely dependent upon the 400 and some odd men who are the best basketball players on the planet to make this game rock the way you like seeing it rock. And the owners are not taking risks that are not rewarded. They are making billions of dollars. And so, you know, we're going to work on it. It's going to it's going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and by the way, just I'm not calling my industry I'm not calling people in my industry racist, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that there's a systemic racism in the industry, uh, in terms of uh, who's hired, who's writing the stories, the opinions. It's not, I know a lot, I've got a lot of friends, mm-hmm. but it's, it's this thing is larger than we are, and, and, and I mm-hmm. respect people who fight against So that's what I'm saying. No, I, look, I'm not, I'm not naive. Um, you know, we, we still have to deal with systemic racism everywhere, and sports is not somehow exempt from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I'm going to allow that there has been a failure on the part of my predecessors mm-hmm. to be realistic about the fact that the need to engage, fully engage with the media about getting out the player's story. So, And you know, the thing too is, is the playoffs really also reinforces this idea that who makes the game? Mm. To me, it's just so simple. <laughs> is, that, is that, I was telling somebody, you know, okay, I mean, there's no show. In other words, <laughs> if for some reason the team bus gets stuck in traffic, you know, can't get to the, the, the whatever the arena is in, mm-hmm, in DC, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Verizon Center. There's yeah. no, there's no show. Or the Verizon Center, <laughs> Madison right. Square Garden, mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no show. In mm-hmm. other words, you could have, you know, the owner of so we're gonna play. <laughs> as a man, like, because you know, so to me, that's not even really a debatable thing. Yeah, but what the all. owners will say, um, they'll say, well, okay, if yes, that's true. But if the owners Without the billionaire, without the billionaires, the athletes would be playing in barnyards. Oh yeah, and and, and nobody would be watching all that kind of. That's what they're saying. But to me, the owner. I mean, this is almost. It's not a debatable issue. No, it, 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 and and they don't seriously say that anymore. What they instead try to say is, well, we we make an investment in the game, and we have the right to to share in the in the proceeds. And no one disagrees. Right. It's just that you can't act as if you take all the risks and you somehow deserve most of the most of the money. Right. That's not going to be tolerated. Right. You know, we respect we respect the investment. Frankly, a lot more players would be involved in the management ranks if they didn't make it so darn hard to become a part an owner. It's almost it's almost like almost sharecropping. And then the, 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 that's almost <laughs> sharecropping, but it's all and then the rule is that you can't no matter how much money you get, right. 
You could be a billion. You can't own this. You can't buy this franchise. It is a very, very <laughs> exclusive club. Very exclusive club. And and the bottom line is, unlike the players, there are people waiting to get into that club that could be as effective an owner as the current owners. And and, and they know that. And that's why they're, they're making it exclusive. They enjoy being owners. I, that's, I got that. But to the extent there's anyone that's expendable on this side of the table, it's not the players. That, that, there's a reason we don't have replacement players during lockout. There's nobody to replace these guys. These are the best. These are the greatest well, the players in the world. The NFL tried it. Yeah, that worked, huh? Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. It, that's what that was. It I was mean, a great movie, but yeah, beyond that, movie. right? It was. It was. But but I tell you, some of the play, this is in football. Right. I mean, when the football players, a lot of the football players, I think that's when many of them were sobered up. Because mm. I remember I was out on the picket line, and these guys were stunned when they were bringing in these busloads of these replacement <laughs> players. And these guys were saying they 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 were so disillusioned. I see, man, that's how they see you. They see what the they think that what the fans see is colors and collisions. Exactly. That's all they want to see. Exactly. You know, that, but, yeah. But you know the, the oh, so so I thought it was interesting during this, the the lot the last lockout. Mm. I thought it was very unique that a lot of the guys like LeBron they actually did these barnstorming. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. I guess they couldn't play it off, and I guess some people were intimidated. Some of the um, arena people, I guess, were threatened by the NBA, right? I mean, Again, I wasn't there, right. but um, that's that, that's the story I get. I mean, a lot of that is was a, was an interesting exercise of power by the players, yeah. and I, I, I regret that, that it wasn't given more more attention, but it, it's something that we certainly have, have discussed and talked about. I mean, I, again, I'm doing all I can, and I'd like to think the commissioners as well, doing all he can to avoid a work stoppage, but we are going to be ready. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be sitting around simply moaning that we haven't gotten some paychecks. Uh, we're, we're a different union. I like that. You know, because um, it see, there's so much power when we talk about mm-hmm. the power, but the problem has been the power has never really been realized. You know what I mean? It, it's, they've lost on what, mm-hmm. however you say lost. No, they've, I, I follow you. They've lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess what ch- what has to change? I mean, I think one of the things I, I think is interesting that you're doing is that you're telling the players, you're not Knicks, you're not Warriors, you're not uh, Mavericks. We're one team. Exactly. One team. How, how, how easy or how difficult has it been to get that mindset from guys competing against you since the sixth grade mm-hmm. to try to, to seeing, you know what, that's, that we're really, we're really one team. You know, and they, and they are the, some of the most competitive people you would imagine, and so when they're out there battling, they are. But you know, they know what they have in common, and they know that when there are efforts to impose rules and restrict their money and 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 and, and somehow affect their their work conditions, they're all affected by that, and they each have to understand, and they do, that because it's the league that that can impose those conditions, um, they have to as. A one team, one union, push back. It's not going to be, you know, one individual team that's going to go ahead and protect and protect the Cleveland right. players. It's not going to work that way. The league is <laughs> the league does a good job of keeping the owners in line, and the players see that. So when they contact me, well, Michelle, what's you know what's up with fill in the blank? They don't say my team is doing this. They say what's the league up to? Mm. And they completely understand that these are issues. These are these are impositions. These are restrictions being imposed by the league. And so, you know, they'll battle on the court, but when it comes to their business, they appreciate that the union has to has is the is the proper entity to deal with that. <laughs> what was what was your perception? I mean, you you your first major again out of law school, 
We're, we're going to get to the bio section of this in just a second. But your major gig, I mean, I mean I, you were a trial lawyer. Mm -hmm. It's been uh, trial lawyers, uh, uh, firms, your partner yeah. in firms. Yeah. What, while you're kind of doing on the, on the quote-unquote what, what we in sports call on the outside, what was your perception when you saw that running and jumping? I mean, sort of what was, <laughs> what was, your, what was your perception of, of, you know, the, whether it's the Bullets or the NBA or what was your idea of the value of just what they were doing and, you know. Well, you know, I, I've, I've known the game since I was a kid because I've watched the game since I was a kid. Oh, my God. Miles Davis. Just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Can we take a break now? So might be a good time. Though. Okay, we'll take a break now. We'll be right back with Michelle, Michelle Roberts. And Miles Davis. And Miles Davis. <laughs> You're listening to Bill Roden on Sports. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, we're back with Bill Roden and friends with the wonderful... Michelle Roberts. Can I say wonderful? I know why they wonderful. That imply, you know, this is kind of war. I mean, it's, you know, we don't really I'm want not, to do I'm, anything I'm, that implies. I'm not complaining. Okay. <laughs> For the wonderful Michelle uh, Roberts, the uh, executive director of the NBA Players Association. But we were saying uh, before the uh, the break uh, that, um, what were we saying before the break? We were, we were, we were talking about... Um, uh, what she? What was your perception of the? Oh, the, the perception of why you were doing that. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> you, man. That's why I'm here. <laughs> He's younger. He's like. <laughs> I don't remember. Do what I can here. I don't remember either. No, I, as I, I think I was saying that I have been watching them for, for since I was a little one, and so I'm. I, I, there may be some other fans that don't get it, but I have always understood that these guys, not only had talent, but they had to be so focused and work so hard and make so many sacrifices and then on top of that be lucky to make it into the game and so I've admired I admired the game but I admire the players probably more so um, and so I, I, I've watched them for years I've understood mm. certainly understood that the game was lucrative mm. um, I was always a little disturbed when I would read about them losing during collective bargaining because I said as I always always say you know, they are this game. They should not be, be having a reduction in their, in their compensation. Um, and so it was not hard to appreciate that, that they were worthy of more respect than they had been, had been receiving. But why, why, do you think, why do you think that they, they quote-unquote, lost? And I want to be careful with that word because mm -hmm. it's a relative word. Uh, is, is it, and I've covered these these lockouts and strikes mm -hmm. and all that, and, and on the on the surface, you've got the the, the, the basic reality that you guys are the game. Mm -hmm. No matter what they're saying, if you don't show up, there's no game. Mm -hmm. Now that you had guys who had remember the famous thing with Kenny Anderson, yeah, like <laughs> thirty cars. <laughs> and you get yourself in these binds that you listen, right. man. I can't miss any more paychecks. So I guess that. Right. That's that didn't help. Yeah, that didn't. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> well, help. Not with public perception, at least. Yeah, that that didn't help. But but is it more? But is it a mindset that's changed in terms of? Because you have to kind of know your power mm -hmm. before you can even use your power. And is that something that that you're changing? Is change? Is, is an evolution of change? You think it's just changed because it's younger generation of people 
tend to be more aware of, of their power? I, I think that it, I think it's been cyclical. Um, when the, in the early days of the game, the players were completely powerless, and then they did something extraordinary. Right? They said, "We're not. There's, there will be no All Star game," and the owners went insane and mm. said, "If you don't play, you're fired." And they said, "Then consider me fired." Right. And so th there was a sh dramatic shift, and the players. I think for a number of years, really exerted some real power. You know, this basketball-related income, for many, many years, most of that income went to the players. I think the owners, though, found themselves in a quandary. Some of them were just plain stupid and did not able, were not able to contain themselves from trying to buy these men as if they were chattel mm. and spending $80 million on someone and then mm. suddenly discovering they had enough, not enough money to pay for the rest of the team. So things needed to happen. Um, this is America, though, and we don't start out by saying, let's be fair. We right. start out by saying, I want to maximize my profit. And so I don't, I don't blame the owners for having their acts together enough to say, how can we maximize our profits? But at the same time, there needed to be unanimity among the players to say, how do we maximize our profits? Exactly. And so I think for a while, the owners enjoyed a population of players that didn't really understand or pay much attention to the business of the game. That has changed. Mm. That has really changed. These guys get the business. And, and I think, and to me, I mean, from like, you know, let's say when I first started writing about this stuff in 74 mm -hmm. to now, I mm -hmm. mean, it's the whole point is to see these stories. Right. Right. And at some point, you know, you learn... You, you know, you learn. We talked about our guys becoming wine connoisseurs, mm -hmm. art collectors. And mm -hmm. Things have th things have to change. Mm -hmm. But to me, I thought that in this generation, one of the um, <coughs> watershed moments was Don Sterling. I mean, Donald Sterling Ooh. more than probably more to galvanize. Talk about players. your silver lining. Whew. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think it was a, a, a gift, a gift. I mean, this is, and it's still after the Billy Hunter, Hunter, Hunter thing where the, you know, the union is still fractured. And then can you imagine a more unifying That's right. <laughs> development? It was almost like you couldn't invent it. You couldn't. And it, 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 I was still watching from outside. Mm -hmm. I'd already started this process of, of trying to get the job. But I was watching from outside. And not only was I completely overwhelmed by the unanimity among the players, I was proud of these men who were prepared to, to give Silver, who was new, a chance to fix it. But they made it as clear as they could, you better fix it. That's right. <laughs> right? It, it, was, it, was, it was such a great moment. You, you talked about it. was like a Muhammad Ali moment. Remember when they were going to say, well, we're going to take your belt. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, take my belt. That's right. When you do that in a capitalistic society, it's almost like the, in, in, Viet, in Vietnam or even, to an extent, the kamikaze pilot. Mm. When a capitalist comes to get somebody and says, hey, money's not important. Right. My life's down to play. Well, wait a minute. Life means everything to us. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to die because we got all this stuff. What do you, exactly you must right. be, so when you come against an opponent mm -hmm. for whom money's not important, this belt's not important, mm -hmm. the all-star game's not mm -hmm. important, mm -hmm. I, I just thought it was a, and the question, I guess, is, is this going to have staying power? In other words, was that a watershed moment that, A, made it easy, not easy for you, but you mm -hmm. came at the right time, but is this, does this have, does this moment have staying have staying power? I think it, I, the answer is yes. And I, the, the best evidence for me of that was shortly after I did get the job and the new TV deal was announced and the owners came up with this proposal that we smooth out yeah. the, the, the distribution of the revenue and, and just artificially reduce the salary cap. Um, I, I remember thinking, okay, this is sort of complicated. I'm going to need to spend time with each of my teams. And, and, and Bill? <laughs> we would have these team meetings. Wonderfully, many of the guys were already aware of the issue. They listened. 
They listened to the presentation we made. They listened to the reports we got from our forensic experts. Mm. And knowing full well that the owners wanted it, they looked at me and said, you tell them the answer is no. <laughs> and again, it, 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 I think it, it genuinely shocked the league because they wanted me to emphasize, oh, they're still going to make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, right? And I did. I said, no, the league wants me to tell you that you're still going to make a lot of money. <laughs> um, but these guys, they, again, they understand the business. It's not personal. It's business. It's and right. this is not in our best business interest. And so the answer is no. Tell right. them no. Right. Right. How, how I'm just curious. What going back to Sterling for a minute? You had the the uh, luxury of, of of being outside the process. Mm. I'm just curious. And they, they and they did it really without central leadership. I mean, they That's did correct. it, they, which was I think admirable. Mm -hmm. But what he did was just so egregious <laughs> that he, that he was basically saying, "Listen, I don't respect you now. I don't respect you. I don't respect your mamas. Mm -hmm. I don't respect yeah. none of y'all." You know. I, 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 it was like watching a, a, a movie. You couldn't, you couldn't write. I mean, that, who believed that? It was amazing. But how would you, <laughs> would you have, in, in retrospect, uh, would you, have, what would you have done? Would you have basically done everything else? How, how, or I guess the better question was, how would central, aggressive central leadership, even extricated more out of the situation? I, I, I and, and I, sw I say this with absolute candor. I wouldn't have done a single thing differently. Because what they did was they said, and, and, and you know they could have said we demand and then filled in the blank. They, right. they, it was it was brilliant. <laughs> they said we two things. One, we don't believe this this kind of attitude belongs in this game. Right. However, this is your problem, Commissioner. So right. you we, we'll wait. Go ahead. <laughs> and then you know, and everyone says you know Adam did a, did a great job. You know my my cat Spanky knew what to do, yeah. um, right? <laughs> And so he did it, and then the, the guys said, we're satisfied. That was, that, that was sort of my thing, too, in the critique analysis of all this. They wanted to throw a parade for Adam Silver. It made him a star. <laughs> it didn't make him a star. And I don't want to take that. Take, I don't want to detract from that, because he could have he he dropped the ball. He could not have. Right? He could not have. No. Well, There's I would not, like to think that okay, he could not have, he, but he didn't. And he so did, no, he did. Let's not, but I, yeah. I guess my thing is, now, I was more troubled by the, um, the guy uh, in Atlanta, um, uh, Leverson. Yeah, those comments and the commissioners react were much more troubling because that is what happens every single day in all of our lives. Just for the yeah. sake of people who yeah. forget it, Levinson was the past mm -hmm. uh, owner of the Hawks. Said during a, a, uh, a conversation that he had. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is all shorthand, but mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. he was troubled. I mean, it was essentially there are too many black fans. Right. The music was too black. <laughs> the cheerleaders are too black. Too many black. It was just too black. The whole thing was just too black. <laughs> And that, and that, and and he was saying it not in an emotional way. You could argue that that um, talking about business. Sterling was kind of it was an emotional <laughs> thing. My guy, it was an emotional thing. What Leverson was saying was not emotional. He said, "Listen, calculated. Right? It was calculated. Listen, they just yeah. the white people are intimidated <laughs> by the black people, and 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 you couldn't make this up. This was such right. a classic definition of racism that that the white people don't want to be in the minority right, right. at the clubs." I'm like, man, they said, and when they come to the arenas, it is so classic. But now, so now to me, Adam and the guy's out of it. But to me, and then with Danny Ferry saying the thing about so-and-so's got a little too much African. Too much African yeah. Now, you know, to me, and, and, and Adam was kind of, well, you know, this Danny and 
that kind of stuff. And ultimately, the right thing was done. Levis is not the end of Grant Hill is is a right. is part of an ownership. Right, right, right. But and Ferry's out. Ferry's Ferry, out. Well, God, I mean, there's just no way. Yeah, the new owners were gonna. I, I thought he may show up in New York. Oh, well, hire him. But but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is yeah. that to me, Adam, when you got your player, majority black league saying, and, and it happened just by the playoffs. You know mm-hmm. what? Maybe there won't be playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, then everything, you know, it, it just seems that mm-hmm. you can't have had to do that. So I don't want to take anything away from him, but right. I'm not ready to throw parades yet. No, I, I, I don't need, I'd like to think he would agree that he was not a brilliant move, right? Um, because there was only, there, well, who knows? I, I, he might say that. But in any event, he made the right move, and I'm, I'm going I'm to give credit where credit is due. Right. With, with the, the Atlanta piece, um, Levinson pulled away, pulled away before anyone had a chance to throw him out. So right. that, 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 again, that made, that made, I think, the, the league's job a little easier because the guy immediately said, I'm gone. And he sold him. He, he, now he made some money. But and so did Sterling. A lot of money. He said, wait a minute, how come, yeah. I, didn't do, how come I didn't do this two years early? <laughs> Turned out to be a genius move for him. Yeah, some people thought it was deliberate <laughs> so he could go ahead and, get, and sell out. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But <laughs> but again, the silver lining in both those things is right. that those teams ended up being being sold and their their their, their value is now you know part of part of the, what we all understand to be the value, the, the great value that these teams, these teams that are. Uh, uh, let me ask you, I know you talked to Billy, uh, not Billy, but um, D, uh, D Maurice. D, sure. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there could ever be a, a, um, a and we're talking about one team, this mm-hmm. is one world alliance, do you think there could ever be uh, a, an alliance just with players? In other words, Ooh. NFL players, and be in other words, yeah. not only in the NBA are we just one team, but mm-hmm. essentially, if you look at this whole plant, this whole situation, <laughs> we're, we're on, we're basically this whole one Thing. Do you ever think there could be that kind of line? or is it too too t- apples and oranges too much to have that kind of synergy? I don't think it's apples and oranges. I don't. I think this. I mean, the, it's not an accident that I, that I speak to D. Smith or Tony Clark, um, mm-hmm. who's the, uh, M- the executive director of the Ma- National Bat- Major League Major. Baseball Players Association. Obviously, his 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 players' ethnic background or composition is a little different. But you know, certainly, as as we pol- we are politically as unions, um, we stand together. I support his union. I support his union's right to collective bargaining, and he supports mine. So, at, at least at, at the executive level, we we do stand together. Players, you know, our our issues are we have some issues in common, not not necessarily a lot. I think I'm in a bit better place with <laughs> at least with respect to my my commissioner than he is. Um, <laughs> I just do. That could be a whole segment. It could be, and you know, our CBA is, I think, a little, a little more player friendly than his. Um, so, you know, I, I will tell you, it's not a priority of mine to uh-huh. to try to unite our our guys. Um, but th- wouldn't that be spectacular to be able to have have every player's union in both this country and on, and, and globally? Understanding that we stand together against management that can some, sometimes not be in our best interest. Sure, yeah, maybe if that could extend to employees too, just regular workers. Because it's, it's a it's a challenge for all of us, um, yeah. in all all industries. Sure. What what um, you know, we talked again the other day, uh, just about your story, and I was saying that I run this this rec program mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at my church in Harlem, mm-hmm. and 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 I realized I had to change my thinking. Jamal's been there. And, and we used to always recite these statistics to the kids. Uh, you know, like Rod Strickland started right. playing basketball at, at my, when he was 10 years old. Oh, really? And Butch Lee. Yeah. And, and the Boys Choir of Harlem started mm-hmm. at the church. Well, anyway, but, you know, we'd bring a couple of scouts in. they said, listen, out of 50,000 kids who play, only, you know, 2% will, you know. Th-. And I'm thinking, 
Yeah, you know, you tell them that, and, mm-hmm. and so and the lesson of that's supposed to be so get you. But I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> somebody's got to be that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, somebody's got to be the one that walks across the stage. Right. Somebody's got to be the one that gets drafted. How come mm-hmm. it can't be you? Absolutely. And so I thought, well, let me change this whole thing around. So our goal as adults is how do we get you to be the one in a million? And that kind of gets to you that you're essentially a one in a million. You grew up mm-hmm. in Harlem. South Bronx. Uh, in, in the South, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You live in Harlem. <laughs> I live in Harlem. You live in Harlem. You grew up in the South That's Bronx. That's right. And, and it's a bit, you know, quickly she said, that. <laughs> it's like somebody, I grew up in the South Side of Chicago. Oh, you're, you're the West Side. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. No, it's South Side, but South Bronx. You got to do it. And single single parent. Yep. Um, you know, not a silver spoon. Nope. And all that. So essentially, you were the one. So to get the question, because, so how did you, what were the, the points along the way that allowed you mm. to, to be this sort of one in a million? That, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it started with my mother. I mean, the, the, I think a lot of even the guys that that I work for, uh, who have a similar backgrounds, it was someone that that didn't l- allow them to find an excuse not to not to succeed. And so, you know, if I had, a, I, I say this all the time, if my mother hadn't been in the picture, this, none of this would have happened. Because I, you know, right, I'm a kid. I don't know that I can actually, if I really work hard and and, and focus and commit, that good things happen. And so it began with someone who said, you know, I don't care that you're black or a girl or we're poor. Mm-hmm. You are going to get A's because you're smart and you're not going to live in the projects when you're grown. And so, you know, shucks, I, I loved her. She was the most important person in the world to me. She told me I could do it. I believed her. I trusted her oh, more than anyone in the world. Elsie. 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 She, she's passed away. Um, so it was easy because the person I most believed in and, 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 and trusted told me I could do it. And didn't allow me. I mean, I remember when I would come home with with all A's and a B, and she would focus on the B, mm. right? I mean, there was mm. no excuse for that. What, what's up with the B? Mm. And so I, I agree with you. Why tell a kid? Well, you may not make it, so you know, don't 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 get your hopes up. Hope, right? Right? Dream and and work, but work hard because yeah. it's not going to come easy. There's going to be sacrifices. Uh, it's not a bad idea to have a plan B, <laughs> but well, don't right. abandon plan A. Right. And so I, I agree with you. I remember Arian Foster, got play. we were on some panel, and some panel, and everybody, I think too, all you got to have is plan B. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, in a, in a, it's, it's interesting, you get into this mindset of A-driven people, professionalized. He said, no, mm-hmm. you know, I only have plan A. <laughs> That's fine. And he said, my plan A mm-hmm. was to become a professional. That that was plan there A. There you said, go. Well, well, plan B, no, no. I had plan A. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, some people need a plan B. I mean, I, I think the, the point is to focus. Right. And if you focus on 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 success, then you, the, your chances of of being successful are just just that much better. If you if you always allow that, well, I may not be able to do this. Well, the person that's focusing on success is probably going to best you. And if you're talking about professional basketball, it is incredibly competitive, which is why you, you got to love these guys when they make it in and they stay in. Well, the, 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 yes, it's, we all know it's the test of time. I sort of have this ten-year uh, rule. Like for some reason, I always go back to Aretha Franklin. Hmm. I mean, when I when I think of great people, my my yeah. test of time is is like I've got the ten-year rule. <laughs> when you've done something, well, five years ago, but when you've done something for ten years, mm-hmm. fifteen, twenty, at a high level, and I think of Aretha Franklin just because I've at a performance, mm-hmm. and I'm like, now she's been doing this. Since she was like thirteen, right, right, and she's coming up here and blowing me away, and it, it gets to the point I'm not even looking for an entire concert from her. I'm <laughs> right. like looking for maybe a measure, mm-hmm. and I say, you know what, I can go home now because right. I've just heard Aretha Frank. Franklin. But again, you're talking about these guys, and so you see the new draftees, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, now 
and you see like all the families there and all that. And I was it's part of your I don't know if this is part of your role, but the idea is getting there is is only oh, I've just, part of the thing. I mean, uh, we, I, we, we there's a luncheon for a number of the top prospects that we had last week or the week before, and I was, was permitted to address them, and mm-hmm. I made it clear. Don't 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 go to sleep yet. This is just you have just begun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you uh, this is a tremendous accomplishment, but you have just begun. Mm. You will be shocked at how competitive it is. You're going to be playing with men, mm. grown men, and they don't intend to let you take their job. Right. <laughs> I, I was looking at the summer league rosters, mm-hmm. and I was amazed at how talented they are. When you look at how all these kids were the best player on their team in college, mm-hmm. right. and mm-hmm. 90% of that summer league team is mm-hmm. not going to make the NBA. Absolutely. Right. It's, it is an extraordinary thing. And these are kids that really are accustomed to being the best. And they're about to, they're about to see some people that are going to blow them away. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's um, we talked out, outside about, do I like the winning locker room more than the losing locker room? And I like everybody to win. I mean, I would love for everybody to go to the beach. I mean, that's, sure. that's what you do as, as a negotiator. <laughs> right. like everybody go to the beach. Right, right, right. right. But, but everybody can't. Everybody can't always all go to the It's beach, a shame. Right? It's, it's a, a shame. shame. But, 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 you know, I, I like to, but somebody's got to lose. But to hear, you know, these guys after, after one year, after mm-hmm. the first year, and particularly the guys who are kind of like this, and you say, wow, man, you know, this is really kind of interesting. Well, maybe I need to, like, really focus on my game a little bit. Let me ask you, I, mm-hmm. we, what about age limits? I mean, I think, I, 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 I don't, I want to go back to the South Bronx. Yeah. Because I think that's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. I pass through it every day. <laughs> really? Uh, I was going to say, quickly. Quickly, I get lost. <laughs> Don't do that. I get lost. I mean, of all the boroughs. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a challenge. It's because it's, it's just, it's, it's almost like, like well, I, I shouldn't say every, but it's, it's, it's a different <laughs> thing. But the age limit, the, the, there are two things I want to discuss before we get. The age limit and the salary cap. To mm-hmm. me, they're two bizarre concepts. Yeah, they are. Is to put a cap on what you can make in this country. Right. And then to say you could only be 19. Your thoughts first about the age limit. You know, I, I, I tell people this. I started working when I was 13, and I couldn't wait because, you know, we were poor, and, I, and my mother had very limited you know, ability to give me what I, want, what I wanted, everything I needed, but not what I wanted. And so I, 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 I was delighted that I was able to finally put some money in my pocket. I look at these guys who are capable skillful enough to be able to play in the NBA, they are in a position where they can take care of themselves, not get more than the $40 a week I was making, Mm -hmm. but support their families. Why in the world would we suggest to them that they not be permitted to do that? When we we all fall over each other, when some golf phenom, right, right, or some tennis phenom, it's okay for them to start making money when they're 14, 15. But when a man is 19 years old, we want to now say you got to be 20? That's nonsense. We know, and we know what that's all about. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. There's, I don't think there's any rational, fair justification for it, other than we're trying to support college basketball, and we're still not trying <laughs> right. to pay these guys who are paying, making a lot of money for the NCAA, and and that's just nonsense to me. But, but are you, do you argue against yourself though? I mean, because at the, on the other level, you represent, like we just talk about, these young boys are trying to take, take your those jobs. jobs, and th- that's the bill, and the thing that I find really fascinating, because one could, our, my union could say, look, those guys are not members of the union. You're coming in here, you're taking our jobs. Make them wait until they're thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. And we can play until we're fifty. Right, <laughs> but they don't. T- their position as men is, look, we don't. We don't like that there's a difference being made when it comes to basketball players. We remembered when we were eighteen and we wanted to play, and I, I would have been offended if I was told, no, you got to wait. 
And so we don't want to be about the business as basketball players telling other basketball, aspiring basketball players that somehow you're not as good as a, go- a golfer or a tennis player. No, we don't like the distinction that's being made about us, and we're not going to support it. Now, I'm not going to say that's the, that's a primary <laughs> CBA issue, right? <laughs> they may not strike on that. But but when asked candidly, you know, do you want us to take the position that, it, you know, league, do what you will? Because as long as you know you, you, we keep people out, that's more. Money. The answer is no. We, I, I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that's appropriate. In a sense, you're saving, pushing the age limit to 20 is, is basically saving a GM from himself. Because <laughs> yes, the league is better when the players are older and mature. But you know that's the GM's job to make a decision to not just draft on potential. Right, alone. right. And, and one of the things that we do, at least at the union, um, we, we're doing now, is we understand that these are, these, are, these are men that are coming in, but they are young men, and they need more support. And, more, more, and, and so we provide that. We have an under-20 program where we actually do reach out to these guys. We watch them. We, we, we make sure that we, not, not maybe both literally and figuratively, have arms around. And so we're not, we're not pretending that, that there's not some issue when you bring young people into any profession, but that doesn't mean that somehow they should be deprived of an opportunity to make right. a living. Well, at least, I mean, but even in tennis, you're, you're kind of out there by yourself, at least in, in, in basketball, football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you come into a locker room where there's some other people, one or two of whom may actually take mm-hmm. care of you. Yeah, you I mean, all, every good team has a good, at least one good veteran. Right. And you, I've heard countless stories of, of, of veterans talking about how they were taken in, un, under the wings of another veteran. So everybody gets that we have a responsibility to these young players, and everyone takes it seriously. So the, the, the answer is not to bar entry. The, the, the answer is to make sure that when they come in, you know, we, we, wrap, we wrap our arms around them, make sure that they have the support that they need, and, and we assist them in the, in, in, in the maturity that obviously is necessary to make them better players and better men. Yeah, for, for our next show, we're going to talk about, you know, <clears throat> not today, but I'm, you know, now we've got these, this is a, a, I'm just, it's another show, but it just blows <laughs> me away that you've got these young Black kids, mm-hmm. I mean, kids in general. They mm-hmm. can be tennis players, but right. particularly for our community, yeah. who are so fluent in, in basketball or football mm-hmm. that they are ready to play top-level college at the age of 14 yeah. and are ready to play NBA basketball or by the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So I'm like saying, now, why can't we do this with, like, English or math? I mean, you know, that, that when you're 14, you're so fluent mm-hmm. that you've there's no problem doing it in basketball or football, but when it comes to the other stuff, somehow it's just a complete problem. Millions of dollars, fame, maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly my mother knew that that, that I could read, <laughs> right? And so one of the things she made sure I did was read. I mean. I suppose if I had a hook shot, she'd have told me to practice. <laughs> what are you doing reading? <laughs> right. I would tell you. I mean, so I don't. I don't blame the mamas right. and the daddies that see a kid that's got athletic potential, allowing him to pursue that. I mean, right. th- there's, there's, there is glory in that. There's, there's value in that. Um, but you know, I, I also love it when some of our guys now who have been playing for eight or nine years get their college degrees, and they right. always say what. I promised my mom I was going to get my degree, right, right. and so you know th- we live a long time. We can do all co- all sorts of things. We can we can be a basketball player for a minute, and then we can be an entrepreneur for a minute, mm-hmm. and then we can be a banker. We can be a lawyer. I mean, we've got eighty years probably, unless we get hit by a car. Right? Oh my God! Maybe ninety. I had to go there. It's all on the upbeat diet unless you get hit by a car. I'm just saying. Speaking of that, I just wanted to ask because this is this is. 
interesting to me. I mean, we've talked about your background mm -hmm. um, as a litigator, corporate litigator. What made you want to do this, mm -hmm. this position? I don't know. I wasn't pl I wasn't planning it. I really was enjoying my practice. I was at, at one of the finest law firms in, on the planet. I had great colleagues, great clients. Um, I was pretty much content that I'd probably continue to practice law for another seven or eight years and then retire, hopefully with my with my health. And then, because I was a fan, I was aware of what was going on with the, with the union. And so, and I heard, saw the vacancy, and then when it remained vacant, unfortunately, that got me thinking. Mm. <laughs> then, <laughs> unfortunately, it got me thinking. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, not only would this be a great opportunity, but I, I, I think correctly convinced myself that nobody could do it better than me. How, how did you overcome, because like we said, you're a litigator, mm -hmm. no labor negotiation experience, they say. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what yeah. I read. Oh, that's true. Um, how did you overcome the lack of experience illusion? Yeah, because it is an illusion. I mean, a lot of, a lot of what my job entails um, is what my former job entailed. A, understanding that you have a constituency that turns out you have to comp you have to abide by and follow their their rules. Same thing I do with clients. You have to. And I, my former life, I for my I was representing Fortune 100 companies in complex commercial litigation, and what we typically had to deal with were very serious problems that affected much, 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 much money. Um, and there were a number of stakeholders that had some some interest in these issues. You know, whether it was the SEC or whether it was a union. I mean, there were all sorts of stakeholders, you know, sh shareholders, that needed to be satisfied and be engaged in what was ultimately a negotiation. Mm -hmm. If it didn't work out, we'd be in court. Um, but most of these cases had to be negotiated, and, 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 and many of them did not end up in court because the stakes were so high. So, no, I never negotiate a collective bargaining agreement, but I have certainly been involved in negotiating huge dollar agreements. Um, class action litigation where there were billions of dollars at stake and in connection with one litigation and all sorts, again, all sorts of stakeholders. So what, what surprises me is how much of my litigation skills I'm called on to, to utilize every single day. Um, I don't think you have to be a lawyer to do this job, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Um, two, two last couple of things. Mm -hmm. um, where, was your, where was that job when you were 13? <laughs> What was the job? Uh, it was the, 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 the uh, summer youth program in, in here in New York. The, where you, if you were 13, you could work for the summer. And I was uh, assisting in a, in, a, in a day camp for kids in the, in the projects. Mm. Now, brothers, sisters? Yes. Yeah, two of each. Two. How, how, I'm just curious, how did you, two of each? Yeah. Wow, so where, I know it's not on my bio sheet, but where, <laughs> where are you in the pecking order? I'm four of five. Oh, four or five. Yeah. So... Did your brothers, when you were kind of getting ready to pull the trigger on this decision, they didn't, to, to they didn't, they didn't they, know? Oh, really? I didn't tell anybody. Really? I mean, I, you don't have to tell me the whole thing, but <laughs> is there one person who kind of pushed you over and said, do it, or was it just Michelle, or was it just you? It, it, was, it was me. Um, I talked to, I literally talked to one lawyer that I knew was doing some work with the, with the, with the union, because I, I knew that, it, was, it turns out it was a woman. Um, I knew that uh, she has had been working with the executive committee in connection with the the Hunter stuff, and coincidentally, I knew who she was, and I just wanted to get a sense of how seriously she felt the guys took the work that needed to be done to to correct the union. She was the only person that knew, swore to secrecy, and I didn't tell a single human being um, when, until I had to, and then of course I had to let my clients because, know. Because because what? 
because I had clients that oh. were counting, counting, <laughs> counting on me. <laughs> and you know what's 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 amazing is the the clients and they're typically typically the in-house general counsel that I had to I had to confer with. And without exception, they not only were not angry at me, mm-hmm. but mm. they thought, "What a great job! You mm. got to take it if you get it." It's a, but it's so it's just so out of the box. I it mean, is. <laughs> to be the, oh, to, to, now did you play any sports? Going I I was the, I was terrible. Don't tell me. I was terrible. Really? I was awful. No, I didn't play anything because I had no talent. I just <laughs> I had no skills. Well, you'll be perfect for this job. <laughs> no, too, too busy reading and writing. It, that's, right. that's exactly right. No, I, I I had no athletic skills at all. Hmm, really? And what do you do? Do you like today? Do you like swim or run? No, I work out every day. I work out every day. I go to the gym. You know, it's a great way to deal with tensions. So I work out every day. I used to run when I was in law school. Up until I was probably up until about 15 years ago, I ran every day until my knees left, my knees left left me. But I I take you know I I take physical physical activity seriously. It's great. All right. Um, guess what are you gonna do? Uh, the rest of summer. I know you're not going to the vineyard. I'm not going. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to the vineyard. We know that's not that's not high on the list. Not going to happen. We have a busy summer. The summer is yeah. when our player programs take place, and so I'm going to be visiting each of those programs. We did three down and three to go. Mm-hmm. We also have our summer meeting um, coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to have the first ever Players' Choice Awards. I'm really excited about mm. that. Um, partnered with BET and the players. Oh, yeah. What's the, that going to be? What, that's going to happen on the 19th. Of July in Las Vegas, and these are these are the, the players voted on who they think the best among them are, and oh, I wow. and I can't oh, wow. wait, I can't really? wait to see that. Yeah, it's gonna they, be. Wait a minute, they voted. They voted. Who's the best? What the best basketball player? The best defensive player, wow. you know, MVP, all the all the categories you're familiar wow. with. A couple of others, you know, who, what player I'd most like to have on my team. Wow. It's gonna be great. it's gonna be great. Can so, we hear here first? I mean, is there any way that I, I don't know what I don't know who the winners are. I have are. heard that. <laughs> what <Well, laughs> winners, but. That it was taking place. Yeah, no, that's, yeah it's that's, coming that's up soon. Good. I wonder. I mean, that's kind of like gets into, you know, how Derek Jeter started mm-hmm. his Players Tribune. Yeah, right, right. You know, I and mean, this is more independence, more independence by the players, because you know, as you know, it's been the owners and the sports sports media that makes made decisions, and you know, the coaches make decisions. Sometimes the fans make decisions with with All Star. This is the players' voice. Ah, I think it's great. Ah. Listen, there, there's a. Uh, you, you have to come back. So sure. This is, this is really this is like chapter <laughs> chapter one. I'd love to go back. No, but this has been really, really, really delightful. I've, I've admired you for a, a long time, and that, I told you that as, you know, as many people that I'm sure we know, uh, I'm like, how come I've never met you? This is, this, <laughs> but it's, 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 I'm glad it, it happened. Too. Please come back now. The most important thing about you, Brian has a, has a mm. special. Brian, our wine guy, has a special <laughs> presentation for you, and he's going to, you know, tell you. What's happening? Being that your job isn't for the faint of heart, this <laughs> wine that we're going to give you is not for the faint of heart either. Excellent. It's Sauvignon Blanc from yeah. Napa, California. Great. And a lot of grapefruit, great acidity, mm-hmm. um, really lovely wine, Alpha and Omega. And we hope you uh, drink it and enjoy it. Very Perfect. Much. I love Sauvignon Blanc in the summer. Yeah, it's great. Perfect, uh, <laughs> perfect summer wine. And great, also, thank you. not to be forgotten, we also have something for... Oh, good. We have a lovely Pinot Noir from Oregon for you. 
it's organic and it's really nice and plums and strawberries and really delicious. You Can I walk it. out and become a guest? Hey, anyway, listen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So much. Actually, we're gonna make you open it now. You think, you think you'll get out of here? <laughs> hey, listen, Michelle. Thank you so much. No, thank you for it's having great. me. It's been yeah, great. Best of best of luck and God bless. Thank you so much. All I right, guys. Thank this is this has been wonderful and uh, you know join us again for Loading and Friends on Sports. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.